Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Just like that, the second hour is here. OutKick 360, Tuesday edition. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We broadcast live in Nashville and across the great OutKick network. You can find us streaming live at OutKick.com. And uh, we appreciate you tuned in to this great radio partner, We've got John McClain coming up with NFL headlines and discussion, playoff positioning across the league, plus some takes across the college football landscape, which surfaced on Saturday into Sunday, where we will pick one take from every SEC team, and we'll discuss discuss and, and try to figure out if, in fact, we're buying into it, Jeff. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Uh, you uh, brought this idea up to me, Hutton. And going through some of these, uh, I, I'm going to have a pretty strong reaction to a lot yes, of the same. Some some legit narrative, some forced narrative, and they're all on social or headlines at a site, whatever it might be. We'll we'll run through those uh, coming up. The final four is officially headed to Las Vegas. Um, 2028 is when we'll see this. In fact, the Sweet 16, one of the host cities this year, is in Vegas. But Allegiant Stadium is going to host the Final Four in 2028. That will be a place to be. It already is for the NCAA tournament. Now you're getting the Final Four. Yeah. Do we care at all about things going to Vegas anymore from a moral standpoint? I just think we're so past that. I saw all these posts about it with the eyeball emojis next to I'm thinking, (laughs) I mean, come on. Yeah. Pro sports have been in Vegas for a while now. Uh, the, the, the sports world has, has, not, has not ceased spinning on its axis because sports are allowed to be played in that city. Uh, everyone with a phone in a state where online gambling is legal can now get on and bet on any app you want, whenever you want, on anything. It's just, it's pat, to me, it's past that being a story. Good for Vegas. Yeah. It's a great story for the city of Vegas, but... In terms of a national story, I think we've lost the appeal of that really being a thing. Chad, we've got uh, this year in Houston for the Final Four, Phoenix in 2024, and just quickly run through them. San Antonio, Indianapolis, Detroit, Vegas, Indianapolis again, and then North Texas, which is Dallas. There it is. Great. Great. Nashville Nashville's going to be on that list now that they're going to have... Maybe, yeah, by 2031, I guess. Yeah. yeah, or maybe not because Indianapolis gets two within a, what, three-year span here Yeah, on, on the Final Four run. Um, Monday Night Football last night, the San Francisco 49ers put together, may, I think it was their most complete performance in Mexico City in a downpour. Didn't look fun. The turf is always really bad there. 38-10 the final. And Jimmy Garoppolo spread the football around to all of the offensive weapons for San Francisco. And without Kyler Murray and probably with him, the Cardinals are done, officially. 
Yeah, I think Cliff Kingsbury's done, too. We talked about the possibilities of where he may end up. Really impressed with the 49ers' uh, performance, though, last night. I mean, they, they are showing their blueprint for how they're going to be a, a possible Super Bowl winner this year. I think they're, they're now fully forming into, okay, the Trey Lance deal started out rough, losing in Chicago to open the season. Trey Lance then goes down. Jimmy Garoppolo, who you didn't even want the facility, is now the starter again. There was a little bit of an awkward time uh, adjusting that offense back to Jimmy Garoppolo, and now I think they're hitting their stride at the right time of year. Garoppolo, four passing touchdowns, 131.9 passer rating in this game. George Kittle with 84 yards receiving. He had two touchdown catches. Debo Samuel with a rushing touchdown. Brandon Ayuk caught two touchdown passes from, from Garoppolo. And Christian McCaffrey with 106 total yards from scrimmage. I mean, they um, – and, and then their defense, three sacks, nine tackles for loss, eight quarterback hits, two interceptions, 10 points allowed. And they're in a division that they can control now uh, just based on the fact that you think San Francisco is going to track better than Seattle, although I've been doubting Seattle the entire time. But it's a two-team race there, and both teams should get in. Both these teams technically starting a backup quarterback last night, but only one looked like a backup (laughs) quarterback in this game. Jimmy Garoppolo, in fact, the backup in San Francisco to open the year, but old Colt McCoy... And that Cardinals offense was the one that certainly looked like it was a backup playing QB. And as of right now, the 49ers and Seahawks both in. 49ers, by virtue of leading the division, are the three seed. And the Seattle Seahawks right now would be your seven seed. Um, Just compared to the Bengals right now, the seven seed in the AFC compared to the NFC. But to me, there's no Pittsburgh right now, like last year, as the seven seed. Bengals and Seahawks, I think, can go win on the road. We saw this Bengals team do it a year ago. Yeah, it's. I think we saw that with Pittsburgh a year ago and thought now every year that seven seed is going to be someone who just can't win right. and really should not be there. Uh, that's not going to be the case. Uh, I think most years you're going to have that seven-team field where there's not going to be a terrible team at seven. Maybe a team that didn't quite live up to preseason expectation for injuries or whatever reason that figured it out late. Or maybe a team that surprised – that gets in there that's very capable of winning on the road. Chad, we're about to be joined by Anthony Ferris of Outkick.com who has the story about ESPN denying that Ben Watson was offended on air by Peter Burns. Were you watching this live on SEC Network? No, I was not watching. I know this shocks you. I was not watching the halftime show of Auburn and Western Kentucky when this happened live. I, like a lot of people, saw it uh, through Anthony's story and and at Outkick. A lot of people retweeting it. I initially saw Clay retweet the story questioning the validity of this being was this an on-air bit it looked serious and I, the first time i saw it i honestly thought it was a bit until i saw benjamin watson asking for an apology well and then after the fact they come back from commercial and it's two empty seats yeah and, and even then i thought okay they're joking like he took him out back and beat him up or something <laughs> after he said that here's the here's the clip from sec network uh, 45 20 by the way did you not get the memo on the suits we all went dark today you were you're like easter yeah, service y- y'all kind of y'all kind of leave me off as long as i get the text from my wife that says i look good oh, really? yeah. so send me the text babe send me the text <laughs> it's not the one she sent me I was just, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, man, wait, 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 
the six. Live TV. Huh? Oh, man on the covers. <laughs> I mean. Welcome back to the Farm Rich Halftime Report. Uh, just you and I here, Taki. Let's sure. get uh, Chad's mic on there. Yeah, turn my mic back on. There we go. Um, don't go on TV if that, you're going to be offended by that. Don't do a live show anywhere. That is the most tame thing in the world. And even hearing it in real time, look, I, my mind can be in the cellar about a lot of things, down in the gutter, like everybody else. It'll be down in the gutter. I hear that, Hutton, and my initial response is, he's joking that the wife said the suit doesn't look good. Because he said, as long as my wife t- sends me a text saying I look good in this suit, well, that's not the text she sent me. Ha ha, she sent me a text saying, get well, him a better and suit. And everyone else Or got it doesn't it. look good. Yeah. I mean, yes, after the fact, you can read into it and say, oh, the wife is... T-. I mean, if Peter Burns was doing something with Ben Watson's wife, he wouldn't be joking about it <laughs> right. on TV. I mean, give me a break at the lack of sense of humor from Benjamin Watson. I know Peter Burns a little bit. He's one of the nicest dudes in the no world. No doubt. We ran into him last year hunting in Atlanta at the uh, SEC championship game uh, down in the, the sweet area of uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I mean, it's clearly a joke. You cannot take life that well, seriously. And if you're going to be on a studio set with dudes being dudes and joking on camera with things like that, part of being a professional and being serious is being serious about being lighthearted and not taking offense to things and, and not taking yourself too seriously. It, that's ridiculous. They, it's, it's also ridiculous that ESPN lied about it being a made-up bit. Yeah, they said it was a bit and then said, well, but now he's, of course, apologized. Burns and, and Watson were on the post-game edition of the SEC recap hour that they do. So it seems like all is well there. But Burns has apologized. Anthony Ferris has the story at Outkick.com. And uh, Ferris joins us now with uh, details on the ESP on an ESPN crime there. Uh, Anthony, tell us more. Yeah, thanks, guys. And, and I think the, uh, the joke itself obviously is pretty tame. And it's up for interpretation as to if somebody should be offended by it. I, I certainly wouldn't be. But um, what isn't up for interpretation and what our story is based on is that ESPN lied not only once, but twice and has since denied or excuse me, has since um, uh, not wanted to comment any further. So it's just crazy. So what happened was we all saw the clip. We noticed that right away. Um, somebody at Outkick had asked a uh, PR, PR person within SEC Network and ESPN, you know, was Watson really upset? Because when they came back from commercial, both those hosts were no longer on set. So all, all of a sudden, people started to think, okay, Watson really must be offended here. And Amanda Brooks, who is the PR person at ESPN, she said, this is a bit. She went as far as to say that the bit was so good that Watson deserves an Emmy. Okay. So we said, okay, well, well, that seems all right. But he did seem upset. He, he, he truly did seem upset. And people started to look into things a little further. So we asked Amanda, okay, it, we saw a tweet from Ben where he said, yeah, they're friends, but Mrs. Watson would like an apology. Again, you can interpret that whether he was really upset or not. Well, Amanda doubled down, sent myself an email again that said, yes, this was all a bit. Okay. Since then, We've seen Burns then apologize. Why would you apologize if it's a bit? Yeah. Second of all, if you look into this even further, we're talking about a bit. One person talking about another person's wife, a co-host's wife. 
remember what network we're talking about. Holier Art Thou ESPN, uh, the worldwide leader in wokeness. Since when would they, A, come up with a bit that involves talking about a co-host's wife? And if they did, who would ever give that the okay? I mean, this is this is the same network who uh, Jalen Rose wanted to cancel Mount Rushmore. OK, um, we've had countless other instances, Sarah Spain, uh, Mark Jones, etc., just looking for the next person to cancel. Yet we're led to believe that the production team at ESPN would create a bit about somebody's wife and then um, again, just double down on that live for Sunday, Monday, and here we are Tuesday, and they have yet to comment, uh, despite the fact that Watson has has sent out another tweet with the SMH shaking my head included. Did we not learn a thing, Anthony, from Will Smith uh, in that whole debacle about keep, taking keep my things wife's too name seriously out <laughs> and then going and striking someone on stage because of it? I mean, look, I... Amanda Brooks is the woman's name, right? Who sent the, the emails yes. back and forth with you. I'll give right. her a little, I'll defend her a little bit on this. If I'm working in PR at Outkick and I see uh, Anthony and someone on, on a show, Dan Dockich, and something like that is said and it looks like a fake fight happened, I, I wouldn't even want to ask anyone. I would assume it was a bit because it's so ridiculous. That's to me that someone would get that offended about it. That I would, the assumption would be, especially if you know Peter Burns, oh, he's joking around yeah, safe a lot. Assumption. They probably did some. He's done stuff like this before where they'll you know fake through things or have some sort of bit. I would assume that it was. Now, you don't come back and then continue on the lie. Say, hey, after talking to yeah. them, uh, Ben was offended and Peter since apologized, and that's the update to the story or, or whatever. But I'll defend her a little bit in saying, my knee-jerk reaction would be if I'm hurt, yeah, of course it's a bit. This guy can't be that upset about that one little line yeah and it's it's a classic case of the the cover-up is a hundred times worse than the crime i mean again nobody i don't want to judge anybody but you shouldn't be offended by such a mild joke and we've all heard that joke a thousand times before um it's the fact that espn and given multiple chances to say, okay, was Watson really offended? And we did ask Watson for comment. We tweeted at him. Uh, We've asked ESPN to make him available. And none of that has happened to this point. And then on three separate occasions, we asked Amanda, okay, well, you know, here's the tweets. Here's our story. Um, It does appear that Watson is offended. And this wasn't a bit because there's, again, two tweets since this happened and since our story posted where Watson clearly was offended and Burns himself went as far to apologize. So again, it's just the fact that ESPN just doubled down on their lie, something that's clearly a lie. And again, this is, this is like I said before, the, the worldwide leader in woke strikes again. It's also um, another instance of when you get in business with some former athletes, they take themselves far too seriously. And uh, no other trained broadcaster like Peter Burns, they would have known how to roll with that and not get overly insulted on air with something that tame. And oftentimes when you bring in these ex-athletes, they're not going to have the same sense of humor. Good job reporting by you, Anthony, yeah. and, and the entire OutKick team on I also this, don't know how many former, those responses. How many of those players would, didn't show back up for post-game or two segments later? Like to, at least to his credit, they were back on set together. We've seen situations where it's this guy or me, and you got to decide 
who's staying in the in the studio. Right. I mean, I would hey, I, I, if I was one of the other guys. I'm like, come on. Well, everyone's laughing about. Yeah, this. It. Yeah. Everybody on set's laughing when That's he says him. it. I mean. Yeah, I just give him and, and the other three co-hosts credit for sticking through an entire Auburn Western Kentucky game. So I think that's where they should <laughs> yeah. be uh, should be applauded. They also absolutely should be the two empty chairs though. In the fi- in the following segment, were a little awkward for Doring. Uh, you know, having to sit there and you've got clearly a set that's set for four. I was thinking about the, <laughs> the scene in Wayne's world where they come back from break and Wayne leaves and it's just Garth. It is, yeah. And he's just in stunned silence staring at the camera. Welcome not back. What and, uh, I thought Chris Doring was going to kind of do that. I, I don't know how let's to go leave live this to segment. The, let's go live to the band. Can we kick it back to the second <laughs> half? I think the second half is about to be underway at Auburn. So we're going to go back there. No, you've got seven more minutes to fill. Oh, my bad. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Hey, great job getting a response from ESPN. Because every story that Bobby Barack writes, he tries to get them to respond to it, and they never respond to him. So you've got the magic touch so far, Anthony, because they actually respond to you. So good job getting that response. Appreciate that, and we'll see, uh, we'll see if they respond to this too. So fingers crossed. Anthony Ferris, one of the great writers at OutKick.com. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. We'll I may reach here. out to Peter Burns to come on the show. I mean, I'm sure he won't. Uh, <laughs> I'm just – I'm not, not – against, nothing against him. I yeah. mean – you know, okay, he's his, a friend his, of the show. His bosses are going to say, hell no. Don't go on there and talk about it, even if you're apologizing for the joke or whatever. I think he'd have a good sense of humor about it, uh, but I'm sure that, that would probably be a no if we asked him on the show. But Anthony getting the response from ESPN, that's, that's big time. That's not, that doesn't often happen without kick. A lot of stories written, not a lot of responses from ESPN. So way to get back with them. You know who will come on the show? Even if they're lying, way to get back with them. I, I John McClain, NFL headlines, and we discuss the playoff contenders and those that we have buried that are now on winning streaks. What about the Cowboys, by the way? Mm. How about them Cowboys? That's next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Glad you're with us. Happy Thanksgiving as we broadcast live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Talking NFL and maybe some Baylor Bears football. Uh, we thought that was Baylor was going to take care of TCU. John McClain joins us from Houston. John, we, we thought Baylor was going to get it done on Saturday. I'm sure you did as well. I didn't going into the game. I expected TCU to win a blowout because Baylor had been blown out and home by Kansas State the week before in their worst performance in a long time. But then they had a chance to win it. They blew it on offense, bad play calling and production when they needed to eat some clock. And then the defense allowed the Frogs to go down the field and win the game. It was an incredible finish. And if Baylor's going to lose somebody, I'm fine with it being TCU. I just don't want them to lose the last game to the Longhorns because they'd lose three in a row and nobody would be excited. But down here, there's nothing like beating the Bevos. John, we certainly are, are pulling for you in that as well. Let's tie in Baylor to a former NFL head coach now being considered for several college openings. What do you think happens with Matt Rule, someone you know well? 
I think Mac goes back to college, of course. I think he's done in the NFL. Whatever he makes will be offset after it's subtracted from what he's owed by David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, who had signed him to a six-year contract when, in retrospect, looks pretty foolish, but he was worried about him going to the Giants, which is where all of us thought he was going to go. I I can't say that I think Matt couldn't go to a place like Arizona State. He's he's from Penn State. He coached at Temple. When he came to Waco, I thought, why in the world would they want to hire a guy who's never recruited here, has no ties to here? And he first thing he did was hire big-time high school coaches, the head of the Texas High School Sports Association, who used to be a high school coach, and they helped him build relationships with the high school coaches and helped him recruit, and it worked out great. So I think Mac can go just about anywhere, but I would still expect him to stay uh, east of the Mississippi. So um, another guy you know well, Bill O'Brien. Uh, is getting some talk at, at certain jobs also. W- what do you see in his future, John? Right now, of course, the offensive coordinator under Nick Saban in Alabama. I was told O'Brien made a two-year commitment to Saban, and then he was hoping he'd have a job by then. You know, I I know people are upset at the play calling this year, but the fact is the Tide doesn't have the kind of skill position players that they've had as recently as last season. And Bryce Young is not – being able to compile the big stats like he did before. And he's still playing very well. And I hope he's the first overall pick to the Texans. But I think O'Brien wants to go. I think he has, he's not one of those guys that has said, like Matt Rule, I'm ready to go back to college. He did an incredible job under, oh, my goodness, cir- unprecedented circumstances at Penn State. And people forget here because people here trash him all the time. He won four division titles in five years and two playoff games. And people don't remember uh, his last full season here in 19. They won the AFC South. They beat Buffalo in the playoffs and then blew a 24-0 lead at Kansas City in the divisional round. They act like he got never won anything. John McLean with us. You can follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL and read his work at gallerysports.com. The Dallas Cowboys, the talk of the league this week after what they did on the road, largest margin of victory on the road for the Cowboys franchise history as they annihilate the Minnesota Vikings. What do you make of the Cowboys, and what does it tell us about the Vikings, who had just come off of that great win against Buffalo? And the Cowboys had just come off a loss to the woeful Packers. So it shows you about the balance in the NFL. I know all my friends who are Cowboy fans – think they're going to the Super Bowl now because they beat the Vikings. And I think the Vikings will still win the division. Don't really consider them a Super Bowl winning contender because I don't think Kirk Cousins is that kind of quarterback. But, you know, let's face it, would you rather play in the playoffs? The Vikings with Kirk Cousins, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. Most people would say they'd rather play the Vikings. But I tell you what about the Cowboys, they had incredible balance. Tony Pollard showed what a great receiver he is, especially as a running back. And uh, and Zeke Elliott scored two touchdowns. Back scored four touchdowns for them in that game. Michael Parsons 
going to win NFL Defensive Player of the Year. That's the best game Dak Prescott's had in a while. But based on what they've done against the Packers, they're just as capable of blowing the one on Thursday. I don't think they will. I think we're going to see who the real Giants are. And uh, after they lost his last one to Detroit, they're going to lose on Thanksgiving to the Cowboys. But uh, I like for the Cowboy fans to get their hopes up because then they get crushed. <laughs> John, I thought we were going to see uh, just an epic five-day span from the Packers after that comeback win over the Cowboys and they lose to the Titans. Not that the Bills are in need of some epic turnaround right now with only three losses on the season, but they have been a little bit disappointing based on the start. They get the win over Cleveland, and now, five days later, they're going to be back in Detroit to play the Lions how big could this five-day swing be for the Bills if they're able to win both of these games, propelling them to the back part of their season? Well, it would certainly help them, Chad, like, because they were, at one two weeks ago, they were really down. After they blew that game to Minnesota at home, when, they, when Josh Allen took the snap on the one-inch line, they were a 99% chance to win. All he had to do was take the snap, take a knee, and, it, and he didn't do it because they fumbled it. And for them to bounce back against Cleveland, the best thing about that game is they ran for 178 yards and Josh Allen was didn't contribute. They finally had running backs, including rookie James Cook, who showed why they drafted him where they did, that gave them the kind of running game you need when the weather is bad. And so uh, in Detroit, under Dan Campbell's won three in a row for the first time since 2017, and they're fun to watch. They can throw it. They can run it. I'm stunned that they've won three in a row, stunned that they won at MetLife Stadium. But you know what? When the schedule came out, we looked at Thanksgiving. We're like, oh, the Giants, my goodness, they're terrible. Detroit's always terrible. And then you look at the night game with Minnesota. Minnesota, Mike compete for a wildcard berth, and now it may be top to bottom the best Thanksgiving schedule I can remember. John, it, let's, you mentioned MetLife Stadium. Let's go to the team that also plays there, the Jets. Just I, I'm watching this game on Sunday in Nashville, and I'm thinking, man, this, this can't get much worse. And then we, we see how the game ends, and then I see Zach Wilson at the podium not taking responsibility for what the offense is not doing. And Robert Sala was very blunt and honest about it at the podium after the game, about what he thought about the offensive performance, where ESPN had the stat, they averaged just over two inches per play in the second half. Amazing. Two total yards is the overall gain for them in the second half. They won't commit to, to Wilson this week. What do you think they do? And what does it mean for the Jets? You're mentioning you think we'll see the real Giants. What about the Jets? First of all, I'd like to point out the Texans had minus one yard passing and six <laughs> yards in the first half against Washington. And after the game was over, somebody pointed out their their yardage in feet was way short of Jordan Alvarez's 450-foot home run in the Astros World Series victory over the Phillies. That's how pathetic theirs was. And I said though, they played the worst half I've seen in all my years of watching, not just covering pro football, but watching, going back to the 60 Oilers and Cowboys. And then I see what the Jets did, and then I saw Zach Wilson's response. You know, he should come out today if he hadn't already talked to media. If he does, say, man, I screwed up. I said the wrong thing. Just fall on the sword. 
People are very forgiving of bad performances and stupid things that come out of your mouth if you fall on the sword. And he needs to because people are clamoring for Mike White. Yeah. And uh, maybe it'll be good for Zach Wilson to take a seat on the bench for a couple of games and see it from a different perspective. But right now, he's in the lowest of the lows, and that's not a good area to be a quarterback and be bad and irresponsible because people will chew you up. I, I know that, that the alternative is not great, but why are people not clamoring to go back to Joe Flacco instead of saying, hey, Mike White, you're next? I don't know because Joe Flacco won a game. You know, yeah, I think yeah. I can't remember who he beat. Might have been Cleveland. He threw three touchdown passes. But Mike White's had a couple couple of good games here and there over the last, during his career there. But I have no idea why it would not be Flacco. If I thought I had a chance to go to the playoffs, I'd want the quarterback who spent time in the playoffs, Joe Flacco. John McClain with us. Uh, the Patriots, meanwhile, get another win. New England now uh, headed on the road in this upcoming matchup for Thursday night football on Thanksgiving against the Vikings. Uh, They win after 17 punts. On the 17th punt, they return it for a touchdown with five seconds to go. They still, they're able to keep their head above water. How long do you think they're able to continue to do this? I haven't looked at their schedule beyond this week, but they're going to lose this game. Vikings are going to bounce back and play well after that stinker that, th- that they had against the Cowboys. And the Patriots are not very good on offense. Their defense is okay. We watched Marcus Jones, cornerback, 5'8", return kickoffs and punts through his whole career at the University of Houston. He's as good as a college return guy as I've seen. And then he got hurt with the Patriots. So he hadn't had a lot of opportunities to show what he's capable of, but he certainly did in that game. And the Patriots are going to have to win some games uh, with defense and special teams because their offense is just not very good. And I still... And mystified why Bill Belichick didn't go out get a legitimate coordinator, quarterback coach. Are you starting to be concerned about Philly? Uh, they won a close game. They still have a good running game. When they came in here and played the Texans on Thursday night football, it was 14-14 halftime. And then the Texans were within one score, and they ended up getting beat by 12 but they were in that game almost till the very end. And I'm thinking, okay, the uh, Eagles were bored. They couldn't get up for that game. Oh, I can't get up for the games when I go. <laughs> and, uh, and and then that game Sunday, that, that was mystifying. But sometimes it happens. The key is, do you blow it or do you pull it out? And I think a lot of lessons can be learned with, with an escape like that almost as much as you could learn from a loss. This Cardinals collapse really has been something, too. On the flip side of that great 49ers performance are the Cardinals. I I know Colt McCoy starting in that game. But, John, they go to Mexico. They had to fire today uh, an assistant coach for an incident that happened on Saturday night down in Mexico. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury seems like a lame duck coach right now. Um, What's going on with the Cardinals? What, What does that organization need right now? Leadership. If you go back... Uh, to where they collapsed last year and figure their record through through Sunday, you know, they're not good. They haven't been good. You know, I've watched them on the Hard Knocks show during the week, 
And because sometimes I think you can learn a lot about a coach. They had a lot of discipline issues during games. They jump off sides and commit foolish penalties. And that's when players have not been focused by their coaching staff. So I think Cliff Kingsbury will be gone after three years. And I think Kyler Murray's a big part of it. He got that money. I wonder if they regret it. You know, he's missed the last two legitimate hamstring injury. He may miss a couple more. But they're they're headed for nothing but a pretty high draft choice. John, I know the NFLPA is saying that there's collusion going on with the NFL and ownership about not handing out the fully guaranteed contracts. That's the latest today. What do you make of this? And you know what what's the expectation now? Because we will have Lamar Jackson sign some type of extension at some point. Burrow and of course Herbert, they're eligible for extensions after this season. We, we will see this fall into line. And so far, only Watson has been the one to receive the fully guaranteed contract. And isn't that unbelievable based on what he did to get it? It just doesn't seem fair, does it? And right. I'll tell you what, uh, teams don't want to give those fully guaranteed contracts. And it's not collusion if you just decide to do it. But if you talk to another owner about it, if you have one discussion – then that can be deemed collusion. And if I'm the league, I'm wondering, okay, who's told the Players Association what we're talking about behind the scenes, if indeed it's true? And this is another reason that all the owners hate the Browns for what they did with Watson, not just for why they did it, who they did it with, but it's the first fully guaranteed contract, I think probably five or six years, uh, fully guaranteed contracts for quarterbacks will be commonplace. And we'll look back and say, boy, that Deshaun Watson was a trailblazer when the only reason he got that guaranteed contract is he had X'd off the Browns from his list of four finalists because he didn't want to play in Cleveland. And when they came back with 230 million reasons that he should, he said, where do I sign? John, do you think things are going to be rough for Deshaun Watson uh, on the road and maybe even sometimes at home, given everything? Or has it been so long now uh, with all the talk about the off-field stuff that it's it's going to be just more business as usual once he starts actually playing quarterback again and we're just going to dissect him as a quarterback that hasn't played in a long time and coming back? Or is there going to be an actual bad response to him? When when I saw the schedule came out and I thought I didn't think Texans were going to be very good. I picked them to go six and eleven. They were four and twelve last four thirteen, and so I thought that was a safe pick. And I'm thinking, okay, he comes back here December fourth. There will be some protests outside. There will be a lot of booze. People will be worked into a frenzy. And now people are so down on the Texans. There's so little excitement here about football. I think he'll get a few boos when he comes out, but there will be so many Browns fans in the stands, and they'll cheer for him because they want to win. They want a legitimate quarterback, which he is, and I think when he plays at home for the first time, he's going to get the first ovation will include a lot of boos, and then if he plays well, they'll turn those jeers to cheers. But I think when he goes on the road, see Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, places in Baltimore in the division, and all those teams are winning and they're competing for the playoffs. Their fans will be more excited and, and vociferous. That's where he'll get booed the most. 
John, are, are Texans fans likely to show up just to boo him? Or are they just going to stay away because the team? No, horrible? they're not. No, no, they're they're so down on them. Sunday, there were more Redskins fans there in Philadelphia. There were more Eagles slash Philly fans there because it's on the night of the World Series, and the Texans had all their TVs and the concourses turned to the World Series, so the concourses were packed with Eagles and Phillies fans. So. People are just so down right now. We're wondering, will Lovey Smith be a one-and-done? Will Kyle Allen replace uh, Davis Mills as starting quarterback Sunday in Miami? How much longer can they have Pep Hamilton as a play caller? Because he's been terrible, and his team is worse than last year, and I didn't know if that's possible. It feels like Odell Beckham Jr. is going to sign somewhere soon. We know Dallas is putting the full-court press on him with the locker room trying to recruit him. Which teams do you think actually make a big push for him? Dallas is clearly one of them. Is Green Bay in the mix or no? Because they were a, they were a year ago. Yeah, I don't think they are now. They're let's face it. If he goes there, he ain't going there. I don't think unless they outpaid everybody else. Buffalo's interested. I don't think he'll be in Buffalo. He's had two torn ACLs. He's coming back. People act like he's some kind of savior. He hadn't played a lot of football because he had a season where he was out most of it with Cleveland. And that can be good because of less wear and tear on his body. But if he wants to play in a warm climate when he's at home, he can play at AT&T Stadium with the roof closed. He'll still go on the road in the division, but he's used to that because he was in the NFC. So if he's smart, he'll sign with Dallas. But you guys know what he's going to do. He's going where the money is. John, let's get your picks for for Thanksgiving Day. Bills at Lions. Do you think this is a closer game than many people would believe? I think it will be. The Lions will be really fired up trying to win a fourth game in a row. Their fans will be so fired up because they have something to do besides eat turkey and dressing. So I think it'll be something like 27-24 Bills. Maybe the biggest upset, Chad, is Tim Boyle is not the starting quarterback for this game for the Lions. Uh, also under consideration for uh, one of my the worst backup quarterbacks, <laughs> even though I, he actually may have done something when he had started before. Hutton reminded me of that. Yes. Uh, Giants and Cowboys in Big D. I think Big D is going to win this one big. I don't think it'll be like Minnesota big. But I can see them winning this game 30 to 20. And I get the sense you're taking Minnesota big over over the Patriots. Uh, I am. I think I said earlier that was Tampa Bay, but it's New England, of course. I think Minnesota will bounce back and win this game like maybe 24 to 13. John, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, we can't wait to chat with you next week, recapping what's going to be a, a fun, long weekend of football. Jonathan and Chad, like you guys, have a great Thanksgiving with your family and all your viewers and listeners. I hope they have a great Thanksgiving, too. And I hope to see you someday sooner rather than later. That would be awesome. Happy Thanksgiving to you, John. Same to you guys. Thank you, John. There's John McClain. Gallerysports.com is where you can find him. And you can, of course, follow him on social at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Love having John on the show every Tuesday. Can we get John uh, to get us Mattress Mac back on at some point? And just line the backdrop of his Zoom with all the cash, piles of cash he won from, yeah, just the, uh, from the bet. Just the, the whole backdrop is just cash. You know who has cash is Ronaldo, his third highest paid athlete this, this year. But Man U and Ronaldo, they split. It's odd. We'll dive into a, a major story 
for one of soccer's biggest stars. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Manchester United is terminated. Ronaldo's contract effective immediately after an explosive interview with the uh, the soccer star. He's not wearing the Man U uniform again. He's done. And uh, on talk TV earlier this month, he had accused the club of betraying him and said he had no respect for his head coach. And instead of his employers unilaterally forcing him out of the club, the 37-year-old has agreed to terminate his contract. Um, he is the third highest paid athlete in the world, 115 million, and that includes endorsements and, and the like. Messi is number one with 130 million, followed by LeBron and uh, Neymar and Steph Curry at number five in this. And now one of the more recognized soccer stars on the globe. We'll see what happens. But of course, the Portugal star is. Uh, in the World Cup now. At $131 million for Messi didn't help uh, him in Argentina against uh, Saudi no. Arabia earlier today. No, and the, the 131 would tie into how many bullets were fired after that win. Yes. That yeah, the, the, a lot of rounds fired <laughs> off in <laughs> Saudi Arabia after that. Hutton, uh, I'm going to be honest. We're, we're yeah. honest, right, on OutKick yes. 360. We're honest at OutKick. Say it. Uh, I don't care at all about this story. And why? Because there's a World Cup going on. And I, I, I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and tell you who else doesn't care about this story. The Portuguese teammates <laughs> right now. When you're playing for your country in a World Cup and they're going to go up against Ghana on Thursday morning, that's Thanksgiving in the United States. It doesn't matter in those, those countries. Right. It's game day. But it's Thanksgiving here in America. And in America, we're also excited about our American team in the World Cup. This is an odd placement of this story. I'm sure the Portuguese people are pissed. <laughs> Colin Warner, our, uh, our soccer correspondent internationally, tells me that the Portuguese media is calling for him to be benched because this being a, a sidetrack story. But I see this story, and all I keep coming back to is, isn't there a World Cup going on? And, oh, isn't Portugal participating in that World Cup? And isn't Cristiano Ronaldo participating for Portugal? This is just weird timing to me. And it, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding why we should care about this story in the middle of a World Cup, quite frankly. And I guarantee you the only way that Portuguese people care about it is the fact that other people care about it. It's pissing them off because they're getting ready to compete on a global stage in the biggest tournament in the world, and they got to hear about Cristiano Ronaldo and his $116 million and the fact he's not going to play for Manchester United. His club, not his country. Country over club. That's right. Here are your countries you. tomorrow at the World Cup schedule. Morocco and Croatia. Chad Withrow will be waking up at 5 a.m. Eastern. A huge, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Croatian unis. Yes. I love the checkered. Do they still the, have that call? The, like, the checkered. Yeah, I love, I love that look. Germany and Japan, 8 o'clock on FS1. Spain and Costa Rica on Fox <laughs> at 11. 
And Belgium and Canada. I remember we once worked with a guy who you could just say a country and they could do the accent. Yes. <laughs> that if you did it on air, that person would be fired immediately uh, for being racially insensitive for the different accents. But every time you tell, talk about these matchups, I can't help but think about that man and his ability to just go through every possible accent of every nationality. Is uh, the, the match between the United States and England appointment viewing for you on Friday? I'll definitely be watching. Yes. For sure. That's a huge uh, – th- th- we're now entering that just monster weekend for Fox Sports. I wish that was – and I know this has been planned for months and months and years, but I, I wish that we had USA-England next week sometime. You know, and you, it, like we, you and I could follow this live with the United States and England. And then, I mean, it likely comes down to the, the match between uh, the U.S. and Iran on Tuesday of next week. So for group play Thursday, this is Fox sports schedule for the weekend. They've got giants, Cowboys on Thanksgiving, black Friday. They've got us England world cup Mm -hmm. Saturday. They've got big noon, Michigan, Ohio state, the game of the year. Sunday's game has lost a lot of luster. It's Rams chiefs. That was going to be the big end to the big weekend on Fox or the defending world champs. Now though, you got the three and seven Rams going to Kansas City to play in the late afternoon game on Fox. Either way, huge weekend coming up on Fox with those games. Well, and you know we, we will preview coming up tomorrow the game between Ohio State and Michigan. But Michigan's more banged up right now. you know, And that does take some luster off. What would have taken the luster away, though, is a loss to Illinois. So thank goodness we've, we've got a battle of unbeaten. We, we avoided that. Tony on our YouTube feed says, Chad, Cristiano has 500 million Instagram followers. How about that? Oh, it's, you learn that, something I mean, every day. Massive star. Yeah. I'm not denying he's not a huge star. Obviously. He's and a there's huge media star. members wanting him benched? Uh, yeah. The port- uh, Colin says the Portuguese media, <laughs> they're out for this guy's head. They want him off the pitch. Can you imagine if the coach benched him? The response? What, well, I mean, if they lose, the coach is going to be terminated. <laughs> Either way. Not life or death. I'm saying wow. fired. Yeah. Not in Portugal, other countries. That <laughs> SEC rapid fire takeaways from the weekend next on Outkick 360. Lisbon is pretty intense, though.